Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows, so that means if you ain't with us, you ain't Welcome to episode 15 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm Christian Gamaline. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and we are talking about all things Blazer basketball the Blazers are currently 50 and 28 we hit the 50 win mark currently in fourth place in the Western Conference just two games behind the Nuggets we have two games coming up against and a half game behind the Rockets but a lot has happened since our last episode the Blazers lost Yusuf Nurkic in a double overtime game against the Nets the postseason looks completely different now that Nurkic is gone so let's just dive right into going over the last few games and what the rest of the season is going to look like what did you think of the last few games we've had? Well, I mean, we knocked on our fair share of wood, too. So that's the disappointing part. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did everything I could. My desk is right here. That's just crazy. No, I mean, yeah, that was um, that was just really unfortunate. I mean, no point in rehashing it too much. I mean, everybody in the Western Hemisphere saw uh, what, what had happened with that. Uh, I don't know if that's even the right use of hemisphere. I don't know if that's north or south. I don't know. I'm ready to be done with college. Oh, Hemisphere can be used for north, south, east, or west. So you're good. As long as it's half of a sphere. I didn't know correct. how many of my, uh, you know, relatively short-lived uh, acquaintances down here in the southwest um, were, you know, concerned with my Blazer fandom. Uh, and I definitely found out when Nurkic had his gruesome injury, man, just about yeah. everybody I knew down here that knew me reached out to me. Hey, did you see that? Like... So, so some of it happening like what 48 hours after the occurrence it's like no no I didn't I didn't see it uh, at this point uh, yeah. so yeah no that was that was terrible um and wish him best of luck in his recovery I was uh, considering taking part in that um that that t-shirt quilt thing but I only have one t-shirt and <laughs> about negative amount of time right now so um, hopefully, hopefully Nurk will, will understand. Um, but nonetheless, super cool. Rip City has definitely reached out and um, seems to seems to be trying to uplift him. Um, you know, and then also it sounds like CJ's uh, making a uh, you know a expected recovery. So that's yeah. that's going to be good for us. But yeah, you know, like you and I talked before the before the episode, I think that uh, a lot of these a lot of these wins, although not uh, against really um playoff potential playoff contenders here um we've nonetheless got some wins so um, yeah. i don't know did, did you see anything in particular that you liked aside from a uh, dame's record setting night well i mean okay wait wait dame's record setting night you're talking about the 2500 uh-huh okay yeah so well, we'll just get that out of the way now that we said it dame <laughs> dame now is the only player in Portland Trailblazer history to have 2,000 points and 500 assists in a season, which is a big deal. And ever since CJ went out and now that Nurk has gone out, Dame is just an assist monster. He's been mm-hmm. he's been getting way more than he has throughout his career. Uh, he's been doing amazing to get the whole team involved and to make sure we're winning. Uh, like you said, the competition hasn't been so fierce. Uh, but I mean, we had a six-game win streak up until this most recent game against the Pistons. But there's been a lot of really fun games and a lot of really needed, solid wins. We had two identical scores. Uh, 
the against the Bulls, which was literally the worst team I've ever seen play in an NBA game. Terrible. The Chicago Bulls without like four out of their five starters and like seven of their best nine players uh, playing against the Trailblazers, and they were already you know t- bottom three team in the league. And then their seven best players aren't playing. It was just ridiculous. Uh, but beat them 118 to 98. The next game against the Hawks, who are another bottom three team in the league, maybe bottom five, uh, 118 to 98 once again. So, I mean, the Blazers are having some solid wins over bad teams. Um, but, I mean, the most, the first game after our last episode against the Pistons, that was a really good game. The, it was close throughout. The Pistons clearly still want to win. Um, they they're in the playoffs. Oh yeah, they're they're a six seed. I actually I actually just yeah. um, for one thing I really uh, don't like Google. If if uh, you know Google CEO or major web executives are listening to our podcast, as they usually why, do, as they always do. Um, why is the Eastern Conference always listed first? I don't like it. I know it's already the financial mecca of our of our country, but you know we already know that. Everything west of the Mississippi is where good NBA basketball occurs. But hey, you know, you know what threw me off? I I used to all my favorite teams used to always be at the very bottom of standings. It used to be I'm going to put myself out there and say all my my favorite sports team. I'm a Seahawks fan, a Blazers fan and a San Francisco Giants fan. We could talk more about baseball some other time. But I used to just go to standings and scroll straight down. And I think I always went to Yahoo Sports was my go-to back in back in my old sports fandom days when I didn't really care too much about the Blazers at the time. Um, but now I've I've evolved and I just go straight to Google and look up NBA standings. Uh, but it used to be that I just scroll straight down. And then one year they switched it up on me and put one of them at the top of the conference. Mm-hmm. And it threw me off so much. I was so confused. Um, so every, anyway. every time, I, I whether I like it or not, uh, we have to see the Eastern Conference uh, standings. And it's pretty much exactly what you would expect. It's, it's you know, it's the Bucks And it's yep. then it's the Raptors, I think, like two and a half games back right now. And then it's like everybody else. But the Elite Four, Bucks, Raptors, that, Six, Celtics. That's it. You know, and I was literally just talking to myself before I before I jumped on our uh, before I jumped on here on a recording and was like, that's they literally have four teams that would even contend in the West, yeah. in the in the East for a playoff spot. And it's just their top four teams. Everybody, the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers, without Victor Oladipo. Granted, there's some guys, Miles Turner, Sabonis stepped it up this season, but they should not be a fifth seeded team. Yeah, I mean, lost with Victor best. definitely, but without yeah. Oladipo, like that makes no. no sense. That makes no sense. I mean, Wesley Matthews, I think, had a, has a had a, you know a decent season, but not Wesley Matthews is by no means going to be a guy. I mean, he, well, I guess he's the A guy, but not not the one of the guys on any Western Conference contender. Um, yeah. So that being said, getting back on track, Detroit, their fifth seed, um, sixth. Yeah, but sixth but they seed, still yeah, could sorry. they still could lose it. Everyone's like within one down there. Let's see. Yeah. Nineteen games behind, and then the Heat in ninth. They're twenty games behind, so they're all within one game. So they still could miss it. But like Blake Griffin really wants to win. That's that. I don't remember when so I was saw that. that so is he still is he healthier? I mean, he's been so injured so much throughout his career. And I saw some. I quoted some messed up April Fool's thing about injured or something. Is he is he still even healthy for them right now, or was that just some cruel? Danny Morang quoted something and was just like, what is up with people in Detroit thinking injuries are funny? And I was like, yeah, this is, I don't, I don't really understand this. Let's see. He's out right now. 
He was in <laughs> for that first Pacers game. Was he in in the other Pacers game as well? I don't know. Missed the past three games. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with everyone. Mm-hmm. I was depressed when Nurkic went out. Like, was, legitimately depressed. Like, was I was at that game. And when it happened, because about, I don't know, like two possessions beforehand, he went down to the floor um, because he was hit in the face. And so I figured he was hit in the face again. So I leaned forward on the edge of my seat, and I was just staring down there. I wasn't making a sound. You know, some people were gasping or yelling. I'm, I'm up in the 300s um, on his side of the court, and I'm leaning forward on the edge of my seat, and I'm confused at first. And then my jaw just drops, and I was just sitting there like that for about three, five minutes. Well, they didn't show a replay or anything on the on the jumbotron. The, uh man, I don't remember if they did one time or not. I feel like they did one time, but they did not zoom in or slow mo. Well, I can tell you, as somebody who was watching, then. as somebody who was watching it, you know, at home on pirating it. Uh, what? Um, oh, <laughs> um, it was. I mean. Nobody, my buddy came over. I had a, I got a buddy that drives down here. Shout out to Camden, watches a lot of the games here with me. And um, he he didn't get off work until nine. And he was like, I don't even know if I should come over. I was like, dude, it's going to overtime. Like, you should come down. He got down here and I was like, why don't you go to double overtime? And we ended up being able to pretty much watch a whole nother game, which, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, you almost wish, wish it wasn't even a thing. But yeah. Almost, you you honestly just wish for. I'd I'd rather have a loss, you know. Oh yeah, hands down, easily. I'd rather have two or three losses in the rest of the regular season and have to climb back and fight for a home seating than lose Nurkic for the entire. Who knows? But yeah. Um. Anyways, long story short, back to the point. Watching that on live television, you had no idea what happened. Yeah. Unless you were unless you were specifically at that moment staring right at Nurkic or right underneath the basket, you didn't have a clue what happened. And most of NBA Twitter really didn't right off the bat either. And then I started reading more comments and more comments came out. And there was a guy who said, you know, it was a a fracture, clear as day, about three or four inches up his leg. And I was like, what? Everybody's like, what? And then, of course, Mm. more and more places started publishing the video. And I think it was really fair for Blazers Twitter to get upset with um, some of the local outlets really showing some of that um you know it's one thing to show i don't know if you're gonna like don't don't show a slow motion replay of it yeah i'm gonna be honest though like like for me i was depressed and i was like man this sucks and and my point in saying that is i didn't watch any of those four games between the Nets game and the Grizzlies game. I'm just going to be totally honest. I was wondering where this came from. I was like, yeah. you, you were just talking about the, the Pistons, and now we're just yeah. off on it. A- I literally, like, I watched highlights for all of them, but I didn't watch a single one of those games because I've just, like, I just don't even know where I stand right now. But but I also feel like people take it a little too seriously. Um, me saying that after being depressed and changing up my viewing habits. Um, but everyone's acting like the dude died. Like, yeah. no, like, Yusuf Nurkic is alive and kicking with one leg. And uh, he, uh, you know, maybe some dreams are crushed. Um, in, in in my view, this was the year we talked about in our last episode that, you know, we might have a better chance next year, but this is probably the best team we're going to have. It's a game. It's the um, same people, you know, just as much as pe- some people would like to, those same people that will 
you know, do the most and like, I don't know, send a gift or something to his, you know, if you got the time on your hands, you're not, you're some little old grandma who, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what you got. That's what you got Cuban. going on. Go for it. But like, it's those same people. It, that's just one side of the spectrum, right? It's the other, on the other side of the spectrum, you got the people that are just like, they don't even consider him as a human. They're just like, yeah. Oh my god! Get over it. Oh my god! I don't even care. Like, what about the game? It's like, no, you got to fall somewhere in the middle. You got to realize, like, that super that sucks. That's a gruesome injury that a lot of people just in their day to day world won't have to experience. Which I said, and I, my buddy that watched the game with me even was like, "Well, I don't." He's always playing devil's advocate, just likes to argue. But he was like, he googles that fracture, and actually, that's a very common uh fracture in car accidents and so when mm. i was like dude no one in real life would ever have to experience that and you know maybe maybe you should never speak in absolutes but like apparently they do and yeah. unfortunately like we would like for that to not happen we wish him the best in, in getting better but um you know don't be that guy who's like oh it's, it's just all about the season but at the same time <laughs> like this dude doesn't know you like I'm not going to try to be I, I shouldn't be a hater but it's like you know he's going to get better he's going to be fine yeah. it's a game if the season goes down the tank like that sucks but I really don't think me personally as someone who watches the Blazers I really don't think that's that's going to happen especially yeah. if we get certain matchups in the first round with CJ coming back and, and our team playing a certain way it's still going to be fun to watch yeah and it's not going to be nearly as deflating mm-hmm. you know what would you yeah. rather have a first round exit when you have your entire three start three man rotation going or, you know, uh, this where let's say they fight yeah. a game six or seven and they just they get knocked out like I can live with that. Yeah. And furthermore, I, don't, I really don't think it's that uh, far fetched for him to at least get to the second round. Oh, man. I mean, l- let's let's talk a little bit about expectations and, and success. I mean, I I. I expect them to get to the second round if they're not against the Thunder in the fir- Thunder or Jazz in the first round. If they're against the Clippers, for sure. If they're against the Spurs, well, for sure Clippers, also if they're against the Spurs. Uh, I expect them to get to the second round, um, especially if they have CJ. Um, I, I don't think the Clippers are that much better than the rest of our team. And, and we have Damian Lillard. They don't have anyone close to Damian Lillard status. And Dame's just an amazing point guard an amazing leader he's now getting assists like crazy um i just the clippers are a deep team and they're a really good team and they can be scary but i think that the blazers are better i just think they do they are um well and i don't right think now, they right have now, the defensive have, guards to stop us we would have the jazz though right now right yeah i mean right now it's it's the jazz if we're in the four seed um i mean the big test comes with like like we said the last few games have not been difficult games. The last difficult game we had was against the Nets and the well and the Pistons. Um, of course, we lost to the Pistons. That was our only loss in the last like ten games, nine games. Um, but yeah, I mean the Blazers have been beating a lot of bad teams, so it's going to be really important moving forward. Our last four games, we're playing the Nuggets twice. If we win one of those games, that's a success. Um, if we win two, that's amazing. Uh, if and then we have the Lakers and the Kings and like we said beforehand if the Kings you know want to finish the season on a high note I can understand if that's a hard game for us to win but both the Lakers and the Kings probably just want to lose right now so that they can get better chances in the lottery which I don't 
blame them for, and they're, they shouldn't be that big of tests for the Blazers. The Nuggets games are going to be huge tests, and if we can win one, and especially if we can win two, that's going to be really telling for the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, going into the playoffs, I, if we get swept, that's a failure for sure. I don't care who, if we're against the Thunder or the Jazz and we get swept, that is a failure. It doesn't matter that we're missing Nurkic and if we are still missing CJ, which it sounds like he's going to be back by then, but it doesn't matter. It's a failure to get swept after last season. Well, I'm going to go on record and say we're not getting the third. We're not getting the third seed because I just opened up the Rockets remainder remainder of their schedule. And, um, you know, they got the Knicks tomorrow. So that's going to be a wash. Um, Yeah. And then they got the like Hawks. Or the Suns, uh, they got yeah. the Suns on Sunday, and I was personally watching the uh, Suns-Jazz game last night as well. Um, and Devin Booker had a pretty nasty sprain, pretty yeah. rolled his ankle pretty bad. So um, it's going to be the depleted Suns or the Booker-less, Aiton-less, Oubre-less Suns versus the Harden at that point. So that's that's going to be donezo. And then they got the, the Thunder. thunder. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and they could even win that. I mean, I really wouldn't even be surprised if they just didn't and they even benched. Maybe they probably wouldn't bench him, but like if they've already secured the third seed at that point, like who knows? But yeah, I mean, the the Rockets are either a 53 or a 54 win team with, with what you just said. And the Blazers have four games left and the best we can get is 54. So, and how, I mean, how it, it really comes down to they, the Nuggets games. How far behind are they on the Nuggets? They're... A they are a and game a and a half. We are two games behind. So and if we two. beat the Nuggets twice, we could seriously get the two seed. But we we lose a tie break with the Nuggets. I believe. No, we wouldn't get the two seed. You're saying they would. You're saying we would get the. At that point, well, if, it if would just. Beat, if we beat the Nuggets twice. Yeah. Then that means we're at 52 wins, and then we should win the next two, which would put us at 54 wins, and the Nuggets would right now. They'd be at, we'd both be at fifty-two and twenty-eight if we beat them two in a row, which yeah. I don't think is going to happen. We're, but if and we we're, do, we're in Denver tomorrow too, right? Yep. That's tough, man. But I mean, here's the good thing: they play the Jazz right after they play us in yeah. Utah, I believe. Yeah, and, so, and the Jazz, uh, they they have pretty much the same schedule we have for the rest of the season. They have the Kings and Lakers first off, and then they have the Nuggets and then the Clippers. <laughs> so it's the same four teams. Uh, sorry, uh, it's three of the same teams, and then instead of the Nuggets twice, they have the Clippers once. So they finish out. They, I mean, the the Jazz finish out. With, I mean, sorry, the Nuggets finish out with the T Wolves too. So I mean, that's not a gimme. I mean, it's definitely not a, well, not a, not a uh, you know a true contender, but it's not a gimme yeah. like like these last two games that we have. So yeah, I mean, I would say the Nuggets are more prone to slide at this point, and maybe I'm just biased because we have two of those four games against them. But I'd yeah. say the Nuggets are a little bit more prone to slide than the Rockets. Um, and then the Jazz. I'm sorry, I'm sure you just rehashed that. But the Jazz, what's what are they looking like now for the remainder of their next couple? Yeah, that's the one I said. It's the same teams as the Blazers, except just one game against the Nuggets and then one game against the Clippers. <sighs> that's that's yeah. Tough, so well, I mean, I mean, what it comes down to, we're we're either playing the Jazz or the Clippers. It would dude, take... but we can't. We can't. I really, I don't like that. I don't like that matchup with the Jazz. I oh, don't not like at it. all, dude. I'm I'm serious because we talked about it before against Rudy Gobert. 
Yeah. A lot of the time when Dame has to take over in the game, he just drives straight to the basket, which is great, and then he either scores or the defense collapses and he passes it out to someone on the outside. With the Jazz, they have Rudy Gobert, who's the best defensive center in the league, yeah. and Dame Dame driving is not going to collapse the defense. Not only is he the best defensive center, but he's going to almost negate one of the few positives to having Ennis Cantor on the floor, which is just yeah. boards. Offensive, yeah. Yeah, offensive rebounds, because he's going to just, he's going to eat those up. Yeah, and, and, and Ennis Cantor, I was talking with uh, with Matt uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was, no one no one else knows who Matt is, I'm telling Austin that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, was, he was talking about how Ennis is strong. I noticed in the Grizzlies game, obviously it was young, you know, s- relatively small players that he was backing down. But there was a lot of offensive, you know, backing up in the post that I haven't even seen Nurk do, where he was just kind of bulldozing them and getting right under the basket. And that's not going to happen at all against Rudy Gobert. No, um, not no. at all. So, and, and even and even sometimes, even even though he has that ability, at times he just he he gets sloppy even when he's doing it, and he he holds yeah. onto the ball way too long. One thing I'm I'm interested to hear your opinion on is as nice as this whole purposeful assisting and, and spreading the love has been uh, coming from Dame. Um, a lot of it I've noticed has been forced, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that he's not doing that on purpose but i don't know how long that's gonna because there's been a handful of these games that you were too depressed to watch um where he had done that and he'd forced these passes and force and these guys weren't making it and in the playoffs against some of these guys especially like utah he's gonna have to he's gonna have to not do that he's gonna there's gonna have to come a point where he's just like okay these guys, they're not on tonight. They certainly, I'm not going to, you know, if someone's open, I'm going to give them the rock. But, like, I can't I can't do this regular season. I'm trying to get everybody ready for the playoffs. Now it's got to be me. And yeah. um, let, me, let me try to remember. It definitely wasn't the Atlanta game because he was playing very well. Um, it wasn't Memphis. It wasn't Minnesota. It, I don't even think it was Chicago. I want to say it was Brooklyn. When he played Brooklyn on the 25th, he... There's just a ton of like step back elbow jumpers, you yeah. know, like that's not. And I kept saying to my roommate, like, that is not his shot. That's not his shot. He's either taking a bomb three or even just a wide open three slashing and facilitating or he's getting fouled at the rim or finishing like like a madman. Yeah. But like this this forceful passing elbow jump shot two pointer long two pointer low analytics uh you know shot i don't think that's not going to that's not going to win us a first round matchup against the jazz i mean it's uh, it's been going all right lately i mean he's been he's been finding some guys open at the three point line which is which is what we want um and i i don't think it's that forced i mean in some ways i think he is forcing it so that the team gets used to like, hey, I can't literally carry you every single night. We're going to need team production in the playoffs. As we saw last year, he cannot carry when a team is just focused on guarding him. And last last night they had zone defense on him um, and he was not used to that. He was saying that was probably the longest he's ever seen it in an NBA game, um, that much zone defense. So teams are going to be trying different things to try to stop him. But I don't think it's that forced. I think it's just like, hey, this is the offense we're going to need to run. It might not look natural because we're not so used to it, 
but I need you guys to get open and I need to be able to find you. And I think it's worked out fairly well. I mean, it, it works well with, um, they've been running a lot of pick and roll with Ennis, which is good. Um, I don't think Ennis necessarily gives the best screens. Um, Nurks are definitely higher quality, but uh, I mean, I don't think it's that forced. I, th- I think it's important. I think the most forced assists I saw was Evan Turner last night. I was at that game um, where Dame and Evan Turner, I tweeted out, they're both getting triple doubles tonight. Uh, Dame didn't because he didn't need to play in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, he would have. But Evan Turner, there was no one else to put out there. It's like, I mean, one of our wings has to play, so may as well keep Evan in there because he's just three assists shy of a triple double. So he started think, just throwing up really lobs. Needs to, he really needs to be the guy off the bench because um, as much as our bench has done well in some of these kind of cheddar matchups, um, we saw last night when they struggled to get it going. There's nobody's really – you can tell – they're all good players, you know, Seth, Rodney, um, Zach, um, even Myers at times. Um, they're all decent guys off the bench, but nobody really feels comfortable being like carrying the ball a lot yeah. in their hands. And like Evan, you know, like, as soon as he has the ball, I don't know. I feel like it just kind of provides a sense of stability when that second unit comes in, um, at least for the time being. Um, so I guess my next question to you would be, if Dame is facilitating well, which I, I would actually agree, it was really probably just that one game that gave me that left a bad taste in my mouth. But if he is facilitating well, who has done uh, well or up to your standards um, as being that you know the next guy or just being there playing their role, and who kind of needs to step up a little bit? Well, I think a few guys have been playing really well. Um, I think Seth has had quite a bit of solid play. Um, he's been scoring in double digits pretty regularly with CJ gone. Um, I just think he's been playing well. He, he's better without the ball in his hands. In my opinion, I think he's really good playing with yeah. Evan Turner. Um, and that's another one is Evan Turner, like dude, two triple doubles in a row. Uh, I mean, obviously he was, it was kind of padded stats in this last yeah. year, but even, even he acknowledged that he's like, he was ready to come out and Myers was like, no man, stay in. And he's like, well, I mean, yeah, it's either me or Seth or Jake. So, I mean, I guess I'll stay in. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but And Terry, 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 I love seeing Terry, like, point at him. And Terry, yeah. or, like, pointed at him or the bench last night when he was coming off the court. And I was like, oh, all, right, all right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all fun. I mean, it's it's not, it's a game where we're far enough out and he's not, like, Dame or CJ. So, it, there's no problem with keeping him in the game to try to get a couple more assists, you know. Um but I think he's played great, dude. I mean, he's missed one shot in the last two games, and he doesn't yeah. take easy shots. And something I want to give a shout out to this guy because I thought it was hilarious. Dane Delgado um, on Twitter, he was posting about uh, highlights from a Michael Jordan game where uh, Phil Jackson was ejected early, which is similar to a Popovich game recently. But Jordan was just going off, and he's like, dude, Jordan didn't even have that good of shot selection in that game. And he's like, um, <laughs> The way he thinks of Evan Turner now, because Evan Turner has some pretty questionable shot selection, a lot of turnaround jumpers in the mid-range. So he said, what if Evan Turner was really good is my new favorite way to think about Michael Jordan, which is pretty true because it's like, man, like just uh, Michael Jordan's pretty much just a really good version of Evan Turner, like where he actually makes his shots regularly and doesn't turn the ball over all the time because Evan's pretty dang good at defense. Um, he, I've talked previously 
in the season about some games where he was tasked with covering Paul George or some other guys, Jimmy Butler, um, and he he wasn't terrible. Um, and I mean, he's he needs the ball in his hands to be good, and that includes shooting. He yeah. the only time he can really make anything is in the corner. He'll make a three every once in a while, but he needs the ball in his hands to be good. So um, I thought that was hilarious from uh, Dane Delgado, but. Yeah, I mean, Seth and E.T. have impressed me. Um, Ennis, I mean, last night he was, what, 21 and 15? He played really well. Um, Obviously, like I said, small centers on, you know, young players on the Grizzlies. It's not the best competition in the world. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's impressed me so far as, like, where we would have been if Nurk was out earlier in the season. We'd be pretty much lost. But also, Zach Collins has played good. He had his career high in points last night, 18 points. Uh, he hasn't been bad. Uh, but, I mean, Jake's been relatively mediocre. He gets highlight plays, but he hasn't been that impressive. Yeah, so I definitely want to see him step it up, and I want to see Aminu be a little more consistent. And hopefully hopefully Aminu and Mo um, can play some impressive defense in these next couple games in Denver. That's probably going to be... The one of the keys is the defense from them, and if Dame can keep up um, the assists against really good opponents. Um, I'm, so ready, I'm so ready for Chief to be off of a roster, dude. And dude, I know you don't. I know you don't share that same feeling, but not at all. How I mean, how is this guy just kind of unforgivingly performing like how he performs, and then we get these brand new guys on our team every year whether through the draft or last year's draft or through these kind of random tr- uh, trades here at the trade deadline. And we just, everybody, not just you, uh, the majority of Portland fans just are just like, don't even, they don't even mention it. This dude, this dude's eating up minutes and is so mediocre. There's yeah, there's, there's a couple times where he'll hit the threes or he'll, he'll be a, a decent defender or whatever, but it's like, when do you just when do you just move on? And obviously, there's contract stipulations, but give the minutes to somebody else. Give I the mean, minutes. but do you trust Mo Harkless to defend LeBron and Kawhi and Kevin Durant and Paul George and Jimmy Butler? You just think- as much as just as much, if not more, than I do than Alfaruq Aminu. Okay. For me, I, I think we need both of them because, I mean, a lot of those teams, they got a couple good swingmen. I mean, you look I, at the Bucks; they got Giannis and Chris Middleton. We need as good of defense as possible on them, and I don't think Jake Lehman is nowhere near good enough at defense to really— I mean, I, I guess I think he Mo does and stuff. Rodney Hood, it could work out. Yeah. Um, Mo and Rodney Hood is about as good as it gets other than Mo and Aminu. But, I'm, I mean, Aminu, that's—he's—I mean, he— at least give the, gives he them a, a tough pass. time. Every game, he gets know? a pass every every game, and I think that we're going to see a drastic improvement on both ends of the floor. Um, maybe not defensively, not drastically, but offensively. That's that's twenty percent of our potential scoring that's going to improve. Yeah, I, I I really think that I'm 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 ready to see that spot get swapped. And age wise, he just doesn't really make sense for us. Um, on this team at this point. I mean, I wish we could 
play Zach Collins at the power forward. I and wanted it at the start of the season. That's that's what mm-hmm. I still want. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if there's enough teams where that would work well. Right. Matchup right. wise. There's right. But that's what I'm saying is is those teams that it would play him. Let him develop. We, I I agree. Shown with you, that absolutely. he can hit the three. He's shown that he can play defense on those teams that it would, and the teams that it won't. Do something a little bit creative. Terry Stotts is no stranger to doing that. He can either put that that kind of uh, Seth, CJ, Dame uh, backcourt lineup if if, you, if they're playing another smaller backcourt. If they're playing a traditional uh, backcourt, um, you know, and and with a, with a traditional three, they could have like you had just referenced Rodney at the three. Yeah. Um, there's a, I just think there's often if we're already going to be the 16th team in the league excuse me, defensively, um, why not just start taking more chances offensively? I, I've really wanted him to start my, uh, not Myers, my goodness, Zach Collins with Ennis Cantor. Because we've seen that they play well together. It's a similar thing with Ed Davis and Zach Collins that we had last season where, you know, there's the offensive and offensive rebounds guy and then um, Zach Collins who can play some really good defense. It's a good kind of fire and ice combination. So I'd really like to see that. I've been wanting it for a while. Um, I would I would hope we can see it in the Lakers or Kings game at least, but I mean, I mean we'll it's too late now, right? Like at yeah, this point, I mean you're about to start to play out. and it's just it's just what terrible timing with a lot of this stuff, man. What terrible yeah. timing. <laughs> so what what do we want to see in this offseason? I mean we've talked about it a lot, but has has it changed at all? Does it change based on how we do on the playoffs and Absolutely. has it changed now that Nurkic is going to be out for probably at least months of next season? Um, I think it absolutely depends on the playoffs. It's, it's almost like teams that are drafting right now or are preparing to be in the lottery watching March madness, right? Like you're going to, you're going to do your due diligence. You're going to watch the guys during the regular season. But when March madness comes, if a guy like Jay Morant, plays like he plays, you can't just not account for that. Um, And a lot of these guys have only had a sample size of half a regular season. So whether it be Seth or Rodney that come in and show that they can do something in the playoffs or have poise that we haven't seen out of our role players before, I think that's something you absolutely have to account for. Um, As for the Nurkic injury, that's, that remains to be seen. Um, I think how that's going to affect us. I think he's going to be healthy uh, if I've if I've read the right things. Um, I think he's going to be healthy by the beginning of next season. But I think a, a narrative that little to nobody has really touched on regarding the Nurkic injury is it's not even so much his timetable and how it. There's yes, it's fantastic. There's no nerve damage. There's no muscle damage. Um, it sucks that he's not in the playoffs. He's going to be back for next season. But it's the quality reps. It's the quality reps. So it's not only going to be out. Yes, it's, oh, how fortunate that it's not at the beginning of the regular season. Correct. But this, we've seen the strides that he's made, like this past offseason. What kind of strides could he have made this coming offseason if fully healthy? Yeah. I mean, and shoulda, coulda, woulda. We never really know. Who knows if he breaks his leg in the offseason training like that. Um, who knows, maybe like a lot of players practice certain things like this, their shooting form when they yeah. have, when they're limited, um, you know, that it could be a, a blessing in disguise, but there's a lot of basketball activities that he's not going to be able to take part of as a young player laying a foundation. So 
we'll see. I, I, as for how that affects us free agency wise, I'm, I'll, I'd leave that up to you. I, I just want to point out one thing real quick. Uh, you were talking about, I don't know, NERC and development. I saw on ESPN, they had like votes on who's going to be getting what awards at the end of the season, um, which we had an episode we talked about at the start of the season about, but they had who who all they had voted for and for most improved player they listed out a bunch of players that had votes as well and nurk wasn't even voted for once they had derrick rose on there and they yeah. didn't have yusuf nurkic it's, it's just the ridiculous same, it's the same it's the same crap man that we see with with the dames always talking about just and and as a team i don't even personally like the last three seasons that i've followed that stuff really used to get me upset um, but like now I don't even care. And I don't, and yeah. I think that's kind of where our team is at too, especially Damon. That's kind of the, the locker room motto where it's like, does it even matter? You know, yeah. look at, De- look at Denver. Do you think Denver was worrying about those things and look at where they're at yeah. right now? So well, I just want to, I, I just want to see a Western conference finals appearance. That's all I want to see. Dude. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, where do you stand on potential trades this offseason. Where where do you stand on potential CJ McCollum trades? I'm for it. Um, I'm for it, but I saw that proposed, uh, um, I think Isaiah De Los Santos on Blazer's Edge had uh, noted uh, a national writer on like USA Today uh, discussing Jimmy Butler uh, as a potential trade. Um, I don't think Jimmy trade. Butler, yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a really good cultural fit. I think uh, he's more of a big market guy. I think he's kind of I – I can't imagine him partaking in that locker room culture that Dame and CJ and Stotts and others have worked so hard to build of kind of others before me. Um, and, you know, that's no knock to Jimmy Butler. He's had his own success, and if that's how, the, how he's able to garner his own success, um, you know, hats off to him. Um, but do I think chemistry-wise – that would work out not so much. Um, you know, I think Zach is in his second year and we've seen flashes, but I think, you know, it's almost like a stock. I think his, his stock is really high and we don't really know if this is going to be a ceiling and, you know, he's going to get better. He's going to be a better player eventually. But um, if we're able to, you know, if, if NS isn't willing to drop his salary um, and, Zach is really sought after and we don't have to give up like Mo or too many, too many pieces for like Blake Griffin. Sure. Sure. Um, I wouldn't take LaMarcus Aldridge back. He's too old. Um, Mm. He's played fantastic, but I think we are entering a point as a franchise where we have to decide, are we going to chase the bait? Are we going to be that team that's super nearsighted and is like, Oh look, we got we got 50 wins for the first time since 2014. Like now's the time to just throw everything but the kitchen sink. And that's why on that last episode, I told you and I told my buddy the other day um, that I think Neil learned his lesson from 2016 where he just paid guys too much. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we see some maturity. Whatever we see, I just hope we see some maturity in these offseason moves and nothing, nothing too brash because we've clearly seen now that we can sustain excellence and potentially push the envelope. So I just really hope we don't make any stupid moves. Honestly, a CJ move isn't stupid in my book until it's for a certain player or giving up certain other players. Um, I still stand with that as I did last season. You know, his assist numbers didn't go up. 
Um, I think his scoring pretty much plateaued. His defense really didn't get much better. Um, I mean, if and we've gotten better, which means that as a team, you know, we've got some other pieces. If we if we lost like Seth and Rodney like plateaued in the playoffs, hold on to him. Yeah, that, that's 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 kind of what I meant when when you had asked, you know, do, do these playoff performances matter? Yes, because of those guys. They matter, but they had the the performances paired with uh, the offseason demands from those guys. Those those two things have to be intertwined and, and accounted for. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a, a big thing going forward is definitely going to be Nurkic being out the first couple months of the season, probably next year. Um, I would like to re-sign Ennis Cantor, if at all possible, mm-hmm. uh, in in. You know, if you ask me before the Nurkic injury, I'd say, hey, I mean, he's relatively expendable because there's other guys that we need to resign and there's only so much money to go around. Uh, but I definitely like to have him because that, those first two months of the season are going to be serious later on when it comes to playoff time. Um, and we're going to need to win as many games as possible. Now, there's other guys who are going to be free agents. I mean, Brooke Lopez, but I think if anything, Brooke Lopez might make Ugh. more money than Ennis Cantor in the off season. So, um, he's I mean, nasty, we, man. He's yeah, good. Yeah, dude. He, what you got he like balls four or six, three pointers on us earlier this season. <laughs> he um, just balls out. Yeah. But I mean, if, if we end up with, cause I, I'm cool with starting Zach Collins, but I think we need, another decent big man as well if we want to be able to win games consistently if we We can't get if we can't get somebody like a brooke lopez for an affordable rate or like or like blake griffin or like uh i don't think aaron gordon's going anywhere but um if we can't get any of those guys we can't get nearsighted like i was just saying and give up a guy like ennis Cantor because for the last two or three seasons that guy that that backup center guy yeah is who we've been like that's what we've been asking for so we can't forget where we just were trying to get where we're going yeah but i i think it's very possible that we don't have enough to get ennis Cantor still i i think there's other teams that have some cap space that might be willing to pay for him i don't know that for sure i think that also definitely depends on his performance in the playoffs um when he's against good defensive centers um especially if he's against rudy gobert but um i think that'll be good yeah, we'll see. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a pro and con to it, because if he plays too well, then the Blazers play well in the playoffs, and that's that's positive, but he probably plays himself out of Portland if he does play really well, because we, we won't be able to to match anyone who can go above whatever that is, the MLE. But does he um, want to leave Portland? That's that's the other factor. Did, did you see on Twitter his mm-hmm. uh, huge mm-hmm. thank you? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the announcer at the Blazers game, he, you know, he always... Shoot, I don't know languages. He always speaks uh, Nurk's language to uh, Bosnian. Shoot, so he was know. speaking. He was um, speaking uh, Turkish. Yeah, for, Turkish. You know, he was speaking Turkish for um, for Anis Kanter, and Anis Kanter really that digs that. He's like, it, it means so much. And watching his face, his reaction, and Terry Stotts' reaction, like, hey man, they got you. I I just thought that was really cool. And, and you know, we got a couple other um, Muslims on the team that could that could potentially be a factor for him too, just to be comfortable with people, you know, potentially yeah. like-minded people, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to going to a new place where obviously there's a lot of scrutiny with his whole Turkish government stuff. Um, I think he feels comfortable where he's at. And if we can pay him a decent amount, I think he'd be willing to be slightly discounted. Um, 
So and I if would anyone's like to... out, if anyone out there just like knows that we were extremely politically incorrect right there, and like maybe oh, yeah. maybe like uh, Arabic or something was like actually the like the language of, of uh, you know the the country. I don't even know. Yeah, I I'm, I'm not trying to be any kind of incorrect political stuff. Not hear <laughs> that much, but we're yeah, just ignorant. If you want to call me out, call me out nicely, please, and I will definitely change my ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to keep Ennis Cantor um, in the future. Um, I would love to keep all of our free agents and just run it back next year and hope that things go all right until Nurk comes back. I just don't know how possible that is. Um, if we end up able to trade for Blake Griffin, or I, I would take Lamarcus Aldridge back if it's the right trade. That's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't. I'm not rooting for it, but he's. I mean, I don't want him taking up time in the post. I know a lot of the time when he was on the Blazers, we'd just give him the ball and he sits there for 10 seconds and you just hope yeah, it goes we in. Have, but we can't have that kind of play. Yeah, we need more pace, but I think he definitely has the skills that we can make it work for us to we, contend. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to get him without giving up CJ, though, but... Um, we can oh, we I mean, can go down we can go down this road forever. Oh, I'm not trading CJ for Lamarcus regardless. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm open to trading CJ, especially with the success we've had right now. But like I said, the success we've had has been against lower tier opponents who are trying to get Zion Williamson or John Morant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not so, that I know how to say that guy's name, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything else you wanted to cover? No, I don't believe so. I think we'll kind of just leave this uh, episode with the same message as we did last time, which is uh, a lot of things have happened in the last uh, couple of weeks, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the in the coming weeks. So, um, anything and the you biggest had? thing, I like I said, I have been quite depressed since Nusif Nurkic went down. So if if things are feeling a little bleak, or if it seems like I don't really know what I'm talking about, it's because I haven't been watching the Blazers games unless I'm at the Blazers games because I'm so dang sad about Yusuf Nurkic. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's been rough. It's well, been rough. on that light note, we would uh, like to say subscribe, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're not going to get into anybody's immediate or extended family again in this outro. <laughs> but, yep. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, hey, happy also- birthday, Dylan. I missed you. Yeah, happy there's, birthday. There's a cousin. Boom. Okay. Um, but yeah, hey, you know, I'll actually be back up in Portland next week. Uh, it's not actually for the best occasion, but um, family related. But, uh, you know, everything's going all right. We'll uh, we'll have another episode here in the coming weeks. Um, so, yeah, follow us on follow us on all those social media guys. Subscribe on uh, Spotify um, and, you know, Google Podcasts, whatever. Um, and uh, we actually got some new outro music. Shout out to Ziggy Zay. Uh, his new song, Hesitate. Give it a listen. But I hope not. Just don't crash and you might just last as long as you hear, then they can't take your spot. Mm. Hesitate. When you in a high class, gotta separate. I ain't got time for you featherweights. I'm just trying to get my weight up, make it elevate. Yeah. Hesitate. Took a long time to hit accelerate. If you ain't got the drive, then you better wait. But I've been had the drive, just need better brakes. Uh. Hesitate. When you in a high class, gotta separate. I ain't got time for you featherweights. I'm just trying to get my weight up, make it elevate. Yeah. Hesitate. T- took a long time to hit accelerate. If you ain't got the drive, then you better wait. But I've been had the drive, just need better brakes. Uh. Hit him with the hook. Hezzy. CP3. Blow by. Get ready. Can't take my.
my place now Way too heavy in the way moving now Look a bit unsteady See, I know a lot of clowns But I thought through my moves And it's gonna go down See, I got the engine running And they hate that sound Cause they know I'm on the move Ain't no way I'm gonna lose Cause I know I gotta prove myself They've been bruising my health So I had to move on Might have took too long But it's done, been dealt Gonna take off like I got no belt Gonna get hot, yo, the flow might melt So I gotta elevate to a higher place Empire mind state when I'm on Wanna escape and patrol But escape in my zone I'm fly, get my cape and I'm gone, gone.